right for tuning in online. We are in Exodus chapter 20, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and Psalm 112, and we'll be uh, covering those uh, intermittently, if you would. Deuteron Exodus chapter 20, we'll start with that. We've just come out of, if you remember last time, they've exited about three months ago, two or three months ago, they've exited Egypt, and they're in the wilderness, and they're helpers now for Moses, and God has come down on the mount, and God has shown himself, and they were afraid, and they're going to give the law, and we're right ready for chapter 20, verse 1, and God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which thou have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, let's pray that you speak to my heart and life through this uh, message tonight. Each of us may be attentive with those downstairs. Thank you, Lord, for each one who's made it their choice to be with us this evening. May you be honored as we worship the King, as we hear from you. Make us a blessing this week. Lord, you are holy, you are righteous, we want to lean upon you, great and mighty is the Lord our God, and so we are grateful for all that you have done. May we uh, learn together this evening, be reminded of things, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Ten Commandments are something that is, it is I will tell you, I, I brought something, I believe, that will remind you what we sometimes think about the Ten Commandments. Well, or just... the. Frosted flakes. We've had them so long, we forget about them sometimes. They're just old hat. And we just forget that, you know, they're still pretty good. I mean, I'm going to hate these when I'm somewhere down the road. So frosted flakes, it's like, well, everybody knows about Tony the Tiger. That's great. They know about that. And so it's like we forget the importance of the Ten Commandments and how it is in our lives. And so Ten Commandments can become something like that. I found the hillbilly Ten Commandments. I don't know if it came from a golfing county where I was raised or not, but here they go. Uh, there ain't but one God. Honor your ma and pa. No telling tales or gossiping. Get your hide to Sunday meeting. Ain't nothing come before the Lord. No fooling with another feller's gal. No killing set for critters. Quit you foul-mouthing, no swiping your kinfolk stuff, and don't be hankering for it neither. That's the hillbilly Ten Commandments. I think they missed a couple in there, but or at least at least the the uh, the, uh, the the idea. Yeah. We, we anyway. So there we are. So the hillbilly Ten Commandments. We, we are to be revi revived. I think our homes need to be revived. The late Adrian Rogers said that the Ten Commandments. He has a great book. I would recommend it highly. Ten Secrets for Successful Family. Ten Secrets for a Successful Family. And yes, you think, have I heard this somewhere? Yes, you may have heard me very well even give some of the information I'm giving to you tonight. But it is true. It's like Frosted Flakes. We forget that it's a staple of a lot of people's diets for many, 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 many years. How many, I don't know how many years it's been around. I can probably look on the box and find out. But that's the Ten Commandments. Are, they're the bedrock of our society. They're the bedrock of human civilization, if you would. Are our homes adhering to the Ten Commandments? It's interesting. Back even in '94, there was different different uh, Denmark, Copenhagen, Denmark. Denmark joined the Nordic neighbors in prohibiting parents from spanking their children or using other kinds of corporal punishment. It's the, the, our children are under such pressure now. There are those who want to uh, take away the parental rights to care for their children. There is now children who now who sue their parents. They are children who want to choose their own gender. They're uh, suing their parents because I giving birth. There's a 20-year-old Indian man who's suing his parents because he did not give them permission to give birth to him. And so we find there's a lady in New Jersey suing her parents to make sure they pay for her college. 
And so there's, and then now, but on the other side, we have the abuse of children in many ways. We have the ending of children's lives. And so children, which should be our greatest resource, shouldn't it not? Yes, it should be. And we, we're just, we're not realizing that the importance of children in the home. It says in Psalm 112, if you want to turn or just listen, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. We want God to honor society. We are to honor uh, our, him and his word. Our home should be that way. We, we've Often we've turned our direction, though, to the killer bees, brains, bucks, beauty, brawn, and bigness. What really is, and I've been thinking about this over the, what's really important is, is God. Yeah. And we should just, whatever it takes, and I, my wife and I were talking about this on the way home from church today, that we should turn our attention toward God. And how does that, do we, often heaven is an abstract. We know about heaven, and we know that it's up there somewhere, but it's not really that real to us. When we get heaven where it's real and our lives what kind of people do that? It's the missionaries who give their entire lives and live off next to nothing day by day and are happy as larks. Who sell, it's, it's William Borden who sold all, everything he had, all his wonderful inheritance, and went and gave his life to serve other people. It's David Brainerd who gave his life. It's when we see that heaven is really real, and that's where I'm really going to, and when someone goes there, well, praise the Lord. We are talking about Dorsey Reinhardt who just passed last week. He's the winner. He's the one who's going, hey, another one went home to be with the Lord. My turn's going to come eventually. But in our, in our mind's eye, though, we look back and say, oh, and, and passing from this world, like the word, it's not the word. Paul, so eloquently about three weeks ago, it's sub-Christian to not look at heaven like the greatest. That's going to be glory for me. And we forget that. And if we could, if just a tidbit of what heaven, how that should translate into my daily life. I'm going there, and that's the most important. Let's lay these things aside. I tell people today we don't have TV in our house. Uh -huh. I tell you, I'm much better for it. I am. Because if it's not there, you can't be tempted to watch something that's not there. You know, so There we go. And, and, and time stealer, we should be... Focusing on what God wants to do with us. I know it's not part of the sermon, but I'm just, we need to, heaven needs to be real to us. We need to be longing to go there. And we should long for his return, the rapture of the, of the church. We should long for that. We should. We should. So the Ten Commandments, can, you, can we name them? Sometimes it's like the Frosted Flakes, they're familiar and old, but not very exciting. I actually do like Frosted Flakes still. I know it's that sugar high or whatever it is it gives you. I don't know what it is in there, but I like them still. Just don't want to sneak them too. If you keep them too long in the milk, they get soggy. So you got you to gotta start eating them as soon as you get the milk in there. So I eat them on the way upstairs. So we get started early. We have, Can you name them with me? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Now those four, if you just think just for a moment. You see the direction those go? Exactly. The God. The last six are for mankind. So honor thy, the only one with a promise, and the day shall be long. Then there, thou shalt not kill, murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear. And thou shalt not 
you shouldn't be hankering for other things either. You shouldn't be hankering for those. I like that hankering. We used to use that all the time. I keep saying in Kentucky, in McGoffin County, Kentucky, we would say that quite often. It's a, I like what Dr. Rogers said, a perfect 10 for homes that win. Is it, does it make a difference? Yes. A salesman was driving through the country one day and trying to get to a certain city, and he came to a fork in the road and stopped to question the farmer. He said to the farmer, does it make any difference which of these roads I take? And the farmer said, don't make a difference to me, sir. Don't make a difference to me. But it does make a difference in our lives, the direction you're going to choose. We're talking to Gary before the service about his wonderful buttermilk rebel and Cisco. I said, do they obey you? He said, no, they're just like a cat. They don't obey you. They have their own. We are to be obedient to God. It does make a difference, contrary to popular opinion. See, this is the absolute truth of God's word for us. These commandments are rock-ribbed, ironclad, but they are not this. They're not this cold, I hate you, and I even say that, the cold, I so dislike you commandments, I'm going to try to limit your fun. Really, it's help yourself to happiness. You want to be happy, to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. That songwriter, I can't remember, I don't remember, I don't think it's Fanny, but that's right on money. You want to be happy. Interesting, I was reading about Joel Olstein, which pastors the largest church. I think he's lost a third recently of his church, but he still pastors the largest church in America. In 18, to the Oprah Winfrey, on the Oprah Winfrey show, he said to her, I believe Jesus is the way to the one God, but I believe there are many paths to Jesus. And also he said at one time, well, I'm not sure that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I'm telling you, he needs to get out of preaching and get into the Bible and find out what the Bible says. Listen, God's word is the standard by which we must live. In Matthew five seventeen, think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Exactly, to fulfill. He came to fulfill the law. And it's, he actually has raised the bar. Have you ever seen a high jump in the Olympics? They, they jump it and they put the bar up a little bit higher and they jump it over again. He raised the bar when Jesus came. I tell you, remember, it wasn't not just the act of adultery. If you look on a woman to lust, now that is the committing of adultery. So don't be afraid of God's holy law. We can have confidence that these Ten Commandments, I believe, really honest with all my heart, they're the successful Life and family, if we will obey what God said, these 10 and whatever else God has said for us to do in his word. This is the one thing that makes sense. You, 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 this is it. And when we depart from it, I was just thinking again today as I was thinking ahead that how many things that we have not discovered about God. You know, there, we, just, we, we discover things that God already, we don't discover anything. When Columbus came to America, he didn't discover, the, if, he, if you agree with that, and that's 1492, he found what God had already made. You see that? And when the scientist discovers about the, the, the nanotechnology or whatever it is, I can't remember, all the different, how small things are, how big things, he's discovering more about what God has already finished. So it's, 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 we're just trying to, he gives us a little bit of light so we can try to keep up a little bit with all the things he's given us. We can't. He's infinitely greater than us. The homes are so important. All the way back in Plato's time, he said, the life of the nation is the life of the family written large. The life of the nation is the life of the family written large. Is that not so true even today? How the families go or how the church goes, how the country goes, it's how we are leading our homes. 
Turn over to the great Shema. I'm not sure how to pronounce it correctly. It's Deuteronomy 6. And look at these verses. I would say these are probably the most important verses in all of Deuteronomy. Perhaps some uh, close to at least the, some of the most important in all of Scripture in the Old Testament for sure. Deuteronomy 6. The Jew, Orthodox Jews would read or quote these two times a day. Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Old Testament, verse chapter 6, verse 1. Now the, <clears throat> these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach you, commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land, whether you go to possess it. Thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that the days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them on, upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. You want to have a successful family. It is centered upon God's word. God's will for our lives is in God's word. We're so upset about the absence of the Ten Commandments from our schools, but do we promote them in our homes? Much rather have than rather than going and going to the top of uh, Mount Everest, which costs you, by the way, thousands and thousands, ten thousand dollars just for the permit to climb it. I believe it more. Rather than going there and shouting the Ten Commandments from the top of the mountain, we should obey them in our home and in our business and where we're working at work. Three great principles are right here for us, real briefly. The great revelation here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It's not the God of your choice. Now, I've always said differently, different times, having been to India, there's 330 million gods. I was interested to hear the missionary about a month ago when he's here on Wednesday night. He said three to four million, I think it was, three to four million. But what he said was so interesting. He said, the Indian people don't mind if you put Jesus in with all their other gods. But when you say you must trust Jesus alone, something similar to that, he said, that's when they, oh no, I get upset with that. It's not the God of choice. It's not a God of choice. It's the it's the great revelation. There's one Lord. Secondly, there's a great response. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, a sincere love, not a phony love, a selfless love. No area of a life is off limits. Someone has theorized regarding Americans today, spirituality can be determined largely by one's checkbook and one's date book. What's really important to you on your checkbook and date book? And thirdly, a great responsibility. We are to obey. One law is one law to obey. Our children are to obey that. The ten keys for a successful family, consistent walk, is to obey these ten commandments and however other commandments God has given us to do. So the title is No One, No Thing Before God. No One, No Thing Before God. Back to our text is Exodus chapter 20. That was by way of introduction. In case you think that was a long introduction, some of the messages I've here are 30-minute introductions, and then we get to the message. Not so here. One God per family, or one no thing, no one before God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I think our greatest struggle in America are gods that are not visible. It's the invisible God of what we are putting all of our time doing. Now, we have a lot of favorite things. 
Favorite restaurants. Uh, when we lived in uh, Newport News, Anna's Pizza was our favorite restaurant, I think. Uh, when we were overworking a Hyatt, we went to Fred's a lot for pizza there. Uh, we like El Colonial over in Russell. That's just our, one of our favorite restaurants to go to. They're our favorite pets. I had a Topsy who was a wonderful uh, collie dog, so obedient. Uh, Topsy was that. And then we had. Uh, then I had a favorite cat, Empress. No, it wasn't Darius. Uh, Empress and uh, different. We have favorite pets. Except for Darius, I really don't think he's a favorite pet ever. There's favorite games. I like Risk. I used to like Risk because I could almost win with that almost all the time. Cro- croquet, I like that. Uh, dominoes, there's turkey foot or chicken foot, chicken foot dominoes. I like those. I like so, as long as I win. Favorite vacation spots. I like the Boundary Waters in Ely, Minnesota, probably my favorite, or the Ohio Amish. So we have favorites. But when it comes to worship, there's but one God. The only God, the God who made all things, that's the God, brethren, we have met to worship. Oh, worship the king. That king is the one who's sitting on his throne, who's holding all things by the word of his power. That's who I'm worshiping. There, one man says, there is no other way because there's no other God. There is one God, there is no God but God, and there is no rest for anyone who relies on any God but God. It's just that. You may not like it. Tough toenails, my grandpa would say to me. Tough toenails. This is the way it is. And that's not how it should be in our minds, eye, though. We should be, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. That should be our response. Another Timothy Christian said, if worship is just one thing we do, everything becomes mundane. If worship is the one thing we do, everything takes on eternal significance. Worshiping God. Spending time in his word, praying, uh, whatever God's called us to do. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, what kind of God do people want today? They want a loving or, or forgiving or a pampering or, or a politically correct God or a, a, a changing God, a genderless God, a generous God, a female God, a bodyguard God, an on-demand God. Creflo Dollar said this regarding Jesus, that Jesus bled and died on the cross so that we may lay claim to the promises of financial prosperity. That's not why Jesus died, that we might have financial prosperity. He died that we might have everlasting life. That's why he died for us. So Creflo Dollar, if he comes on your channel, just keep turning, okay? Creflo Dollar, just keep turning if he comes on your channel. He said that back in October of 15. One of the uh, past uh, stars of, uh, it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, little girl, Michelle Geller, I think is her name. She said this, I consider myself a spiritual person. I believe in an idea of God, although it's my own personal ideal. I find most religious in, religions interesting, and I've been to every kind of denomination, Catholic, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist. I've taken bits from everything and customized it. That's bad for her. Rolling Stone, Stephen Van Zant said this, uh, I am a reformed Taoist, part-time Buddhist, Hindu, animist, pagan, Jewish, mystic, and Christian. I've got along great with priests and rabbis and mullahs and gurus, even though I spent most of my life constructively criticizing them. That is not the God we find in the Bible. Ted Turner sometimes, is Ted Turner still alive? Does anyone know? Is he still alive as far as you know, Ted? 
I don't know. Anyway, he said this a long, several, uh, dec- couple decades ago. We're living with outdated rules. Regarding the Ten Commandments, Ted Turner said, the rules we're living under are the Ten Commandments, and I bet nobody even pays much attention to them because they're too old. When Moses went up on the mountain, there were no nuclear weapons. There, were no, there was no poverty. Today, the Ten Commandments wouldn't go over. Nobody around likes to be commanded. Commandments are out. That's, that's interesting that it would say that because God's commands, matter of fact, I'm thinking the Bible says before the foundation of the world, they were in the mind of God. And, and so they're the same. The psalmist said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? They are fundamental. James Madison said, the fourth president, he said, we stake the future of this country on our ability to govern ourselves under the principles of the Ten Commandments. We stake that. Ted Koppel and Nightline sometime back says that the commandments do not stand as rungs on a ladder to climb for salvation. They stand as barriers erected by God to help us live lives that glorify his name. They are relevant today. Koppel said, our society finds truth too strong a medicine to digest undiluted. What Moses brought down from Mount Sinai were not the ten suggestions. They are commandments, are not were. The sheer brilliance of the Ten Commandments is that they codify in a handful of words acceptable human behavior, not just for then and now, but for all time. I like that. I like that clear delineation of what they were for. They are from God for us to obey. The eternal record, we as for the eternal record, we as believers, Christians have a more sure word of prophecy. Thus saith the Lord, I believe, and if I can draw 2,300 times or more, thus saith the Lord, or something similar. Our God is not a hodgepodge of religions. We are far too religious in America. We need to be biblical Christians in America. Is what we, we need God to be first and starts in the pastors and goes to the churches and then goes out to our nation. That's what we need. The answer is Jesus always has been, always will be. He is the God, the creator, who spoke all the universe into existence. He thundered from Mount Sinai. The people quaked. I tell you, if we had a Mount Sinai here in America, we might wake some people up to the holiness of God. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Oh, but pastor, you're egotistical. Listen, arrogance is not saying I believe that God is who he said he is, and I believe that if he says he is the only true God, then he really is the only true God. No, arrogance is saying God is whatever I say he is. That's arrogance. Arrogance is not saying I believe Jesus when he said he's the only way to God. Arrogance is saying I don't like the idea of Jesus being the only way, so I decided that all roads lead to God. I decided that as long as people are sincere in what they believe, they will go to heaven, alive from the pit of hell. That is In truth, the person who believes this is proclaiming really to know more about God than Jesus ever did. Well, I believe that there's so many... Jesus said there's only one way. We're getting right to that. And down on Sunday mornings fairly soon. Some years ago, there, were, there was a university professors, and they gave out the Ten Commandments, and they said, okay, students, I want you to put them in order of importance. So they reshuffled them, and over 90% rearranged them and put those that worked with man more important than this very first. Do you think God did not have a purpose? 
Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's so important. That's the first one. You've got to establish that before you go on down through the rest. If you're going to obey them the right way. The priority commandment. The first commandment then rightly occupies this place of preeminence. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God spake all these words saying from the mouth of God to the pen, the finger of God on the tablets to the ear of Moses to the people of God around the mount, these words saying. Exodus 31 says, And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of, of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. Now can you imagine if you had those? I know they're in a zillion pieces and probably have already decayed, I'm sure, several times over. But to have something that God wrote in your hands... Wouldn't that be something to have something in your hands that God wrote? We would look at that and we'd have people over. I've got, I've got the original Ten Commandments stones. And you, you, could, you could make a living. You could, you could retire people coming by every day. I have the original. I have God's word to mankind. But would it, do we even begin to consider this as important as what you might consider that? It's the same God. It's the same word. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The priority commandment, number one, is that then the God who Scripture declares. The God is presented from the very in the beginning God created. That is where it starts. It doesn't say something like, thou shalt not be an atheist, or thou shalt not believe in atheism. Listen, this is just the way it is. In the beginning God. And that's it. If we understand that, we can go forward. Matter of fact, the Bible just devotes one part of one verse to those who are atheists. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. An atheist father was trying to teach his child that, that God does not exist. After he had finished this long, drawn-out explanation of how everything around this just sort of happened, the child looked at his, her father and said, Daddy, do you think that God doesn't know we don't believe in him? Do you think that God doesn't know that we do not believe in him? Priority commandment, the God whom scripture declares, or also the God whom creation displays, the heavens declare the glory of God. Or they declare millions of years, billions of years over time, mutations. That doesn't even make sense. That, that we are, that, now, I can believe that God and his wonderful, what the Bible says, I love probably Ken's Ham's most famous phrase. Were you there? God was there when he made everything. We were not there. And only Adam and Eve there at the beginning. Everybody else, we're looking back to God to tell us what it was. It is not even logically feasible is evolution. And yet the vast of the world, part of the world, believes it today is fact. It is still remaining a theory, and will always be so, because it's just that. The, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without what? Excuse. Without excuse. Not only do they declare the fact of God, the creation displays the hand of God. We talk about the laws of science. They are the laws of that God has made and man then discovers. Sadly, though, there, this idea of, of evolution has gained such a foothold. 
Listen to our own declaration of independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. However, so many today believe billions of years plus chance equals us. Billions of years plus chance equals us. And by the way, the, the billions always changes. It was 15.4, and there's no, there's no even agreement on all of those things. Even allowing for billions of years, evolution cannot turn frogs into princes. If they tell you that story in nursery school, it's called a fairy tale. If they tell you it to you in the classroom, it's called science. It doesn't work that way. There are no macroevolution uh, macro ever found. That is from one species to another. Now, there are a lot of different dogs, and there's, a, there's all these different, multiple, I don't know, whatever, I can't even think. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different breeds of dogs. We know that. But there's still a dog, is a dog, is a dog, is a dog, is a dog. Okay? That's the way it goes. Creation displays God's handiwork, not evolution's heresy. But God whom Scripture declares, creation displays, and whom faith discovers. Third reason we can know there's only one God or one Lord is that we can discover the truth about him by faith. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. The atheist says to you and I, prove there is a God. And we say, well, we can't prove to your satisfaction. He says, okay, to him we believe in something that cannot be demonstrated or proved. And we say to him, prove there is no God. And he can't disprove that either. What makes and he and what makes the difference is he believes with no evidence. We believe with the evidence that God has given to us. The external evidence of creation, and then the internal evidence of the Holy Spirit ministering with our spirits. It is the fool, remember, that said in his heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. The priority commandment, the necessary, secondly, the necessary commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, before my face, or in my sight. I was reading, I was preparing, 1980, there was, I think it was 1980, here in Kentucky, there was a, uh, I went to all the way to US, uh, Kentucky Supreme Court, then to the U.S. Supreme Court, there was at one time laws that said the Ten Commandments had to be in every classroom. And, and, so, and so then, but that was opposed by, I'm not sure who brought the lawsuit against it. Kentucky upheld the law and went to the Supreme Court. They said, no, we don't want that. You don't have to do that. And so, I'm not sure. and so that's what happened. It was 1980 that happened. But the idea is, uh, it, the, I, the idea that was having scripture to look at, this is before my face or in my sight. God did not want Israel to bring any false God into his presence, neither in addition to him or in opposition to him. It's very, very clear. So in Exodus 32, when Israel brought up the golden calf, just sort of happened to come out of the gold. That was clearly God had said, no, do not do that. And they were clearly violating God's command, the necessary commandment. Oh, that we would jettison our false gods here in our world and in our own country and turn back to God. The priority commandment, the necessary commandment, and finally God's commandment for today, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What is it that's occupying all our time and attention? What is it? Now, I know we have to work. I know we have to take care of our house. I know we have to take care of our children. But God should be not just number one. He should be preeminent. All that we do, 
All that we say should be about what we should have him in the back of our mind. I'm not saying it's wrong to sometimes do something for recreation. I'm saying God should, he is with us and we should be about serving him. What about if a husband were to tell his wife that he would be totally committed to her one day a week? Would that, I'm just telling you, would that satisfy her? No. Is God satisfied with my one day a week commitment? No. That is the answer. He wants us and deserves it all. We're the whole realm of nature, mind that we're present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, that demands, demands my soul, my life, and my all. Isaac Watts, that's a home run song. When I survey the wondrous cross, it should be preeminent. When he says these Ten Commandments, it is don't harm yourself. And I like, again, Dr. Rogers, help yourself to happiness. The peace that comes when we obey what he has said for us. The best way to teach my children how to obey the commandments is for me and my house to obey them. I, I, I'm going to ask somebody if I'm going to say, okay, now. Stephanie, I don't want you to uh, eat any more of my cinnamon biscuits until I, until I, I say okay, you know. And then she sees me sneaking around. Well, why can you do that? And I see if I'm I got to stay out of them too until it's time for breakfast or whatever it is. We have to set the example. There was a father in Germany who who was a very successful merchant. And make a long story short, he went uh, he and his son and, and they went to Newtown. And they had been uh, had been part of the Lutheran Church, and they were had heard understood what the gospel was. But his father says, "We're going to go to a new church because of for business reasons." So he does that, and so the boy became disillusioned in religion, and became disillusioned with his father, and something died within this young boy. He said to his dad, "My father has no real convictions." And that helped turn this young man against religion. The boy later moved to England and began to write, and his name was Karl Marx. As the father of communism, he wrote the Communist Manifesto. Let me just tell you, Karl Marx still affects us this very day. People have still are buying into his wrong ideology. It has never worked. It will not work. And yet, people are still following that ideology. He called religion the opiate of the masses. I wonder how world history would have been changed if that father had stayed in that Bible-preaching conservative church instead of going to a much larger church where he could get his business going much easier. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Our children, our grandchildren, if God tarries, our great-grandchildren, some of you have great-great-grandchildren fairly soon, they need to see us, their whole, they need to see us steady and steadfast and trusting God and obeying his word. So when they look at us, grandpa's doing it, Mimi's doing it, whatever. They need to see that in us. If you love me, John 14, 15, keep my commandments. Don't harm yourself, thou shalt not. Help yourself to happiness, thou shalt. It's interesting, uh, G.K. Chesterton, I'm not signing on for all that he has done, but he said this, no man can break any of the Ten Commandments, he can only break himself against them. You don't break the Ten Commandments. We hear it all, oh, he broke the Ten, he broke the commandment. We, we, we disobey them. The commandment's still as solid as it was before I disobeyed it. 
It's me that is broken upon them. I'm telling you, to have happiness and peace of mind, obey God's word. Obey God, help us do that. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Let us pray. Lord, help us as we think about this first commandment, the priority commandment. Lord, this pastor needs it as much as anyone that we will not put other things ahead of you. Perhaps it's, it could even be our job or a person, our spouse, our children. Lord, you are to be preeminent in all that we do. You are to be part of the whole fabric of our lives. Lord, you travel with us wherever we go in the person of the Spirit. We can't just simply check you at the door and go, we think we can, but Lord, you know. You know our thoughts. You know the intents of our heart. Keep thy heart without all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Lord, may we keep our hearts right with you. May our minds be centered on the right kind of things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.